podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely, lovely co-host Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, my man? I'm actually uh, just getting a, a custom fit uh, Mark Sanchez jersey. I was wondering if you wanted one too, or if you already had one. I wasn't sure. I have six. Oh, you have actually. six. Okay. All right, well, that... Yeah, yeah, all different colors for for the Jets and and the Eagles. Right. Oh, he played for the Jets. I I wasn't aware. Yeah, I, I have I have well the Eagles one is now framed in my bedroom, so I might need another one. <laughs> yeah, fantastic week for uh for for Mark Sanchez and quarterback streamers alike. Um mm-hmm. he ended up as a QB four last week, so that was fun. And he was our, our pick on the Rob Silver show last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to me he was pretty clearly the the one the one streamer with, with really good upside. Um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, I mean that and and he came he came this close to third touchdown right, yeah he went down on the on the one yeah. there it was a Brent Selleck touchdown man yeah I I I would I wouldn't expect you know that that kind of output every week I mean the Pan- the Panthers are a total disaster on on both man. sides of the ball so but it was really encouraging to see that kind of wiping wiping your memory clean of of Mark Sanchez memories can can really be uh, can really pay off in fantasy. Yeah, speaking of the the Panthers, my God, are they a mess? Oh. Like just a just a mess. There were there was like just watching Cam Newton. It's it, it, like it, it was amazing. It was like we were watching the Bears all over again on Monday Night Football. Yeah, uh, like the the same the same feeling. Like as you were watching it, it was just it was just this feeling of of uh, you know it was it was uncomfortable. It, it did, it's like a disintegration before your eyes. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and. And yeah, I I think that they, you know, talking about streaming defense wise, I mean, I was talking on Twitter about how um, you know, the Eagles had going into that game uh unbelievable upside because the Panthers present everything we want. Uh a bad offensive line, um a quarterback who's not really mobile now because he has at least one, maybe two injured feet/ankles. Uh and um you know, a team that's going to have to throw a lot. Uh, so I, I, I just, I really like them as a streaming target from here on out. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous though, man. Uh, and, and now there are all those reports saying that, that Cam Newton wasn't even hurt. Uh, yeah. Which, which you know, if he if he wasn't hurt, then that's that's not a good sign. You, are you familiar with the with the guy uh, named Baghdad Bob? No. Okay, so that it was this uh, 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 spokesperson for Saddam Hussein's government as... American troops invaded Iraq. This guy mm-hmm. was in front of a TV camera with things blowing up behind him, tanks rolling in, saying, there is no invasion. There is no invasion. What are you talking right. about? And that's what Ron Rivera struck me as last, you know, right. last week. Right. He was Baghdad Bob. Right. My God. So the only good part that came out of that Panthers game, I actually turned it off and I was laying in bed and I was kind of following, like as I was falling asleep, I was following the end of the game. And I was fall. I had Kelvin Benjamin in every fantasy er, in every uh, daily fantasy lineup, as did uh, every single person who plays daily fantasy, including including Kelvin Benjamin's like ex girlfriends. Like they were even using him. They, they, every everyone used him. Even people who hate Kelvin Benjamin were using Kelvin Benjamin this week. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's why it was his ex girlfriends that were using him as well. Oh, I see. I see. It was. Um, it wasn't just Kelvin Benjamin truthers then. Right, and not just his mom and his dog and stuff. Um, so he, yeah, his dog plays DFS. So the uh, I was watching on my screen and just watching him, just just watching text fly up saying touchdown twice. And that was kind of awesome. I felt really bad for the people who like had like a really smart play by fading him. I mean, like realistically, it was a smart play because he got garbage time points. Yeah. Yeah. And there were there were like thirty percent of people and on DraftKings that ended up fading him, uh, despite his forty two hundred dollar price tag. And I did feel a little bit bad for them. 
I but I don't you know at that price I don't I didn't understand fading him. Uh, I, I I didn't either. I didn't either. But at the same time, you go through three and a half quarters worth of of bad Kelvin Benjamin and horrible Cam Newton, and yeah. you just get destroyed at the end like that. And, and and at the end, where if it was a competitive game, it more than likely wouldn't have happened. Well, it's like look, it's like if you faded uh, all parts of your Steelers offense this week, and then boom, all of a sudden Roethlisberger. Hits an 80, right. 82 yarder to, to Bryant and everything, you know, and, and all, all your, uh, uh, you know, best intentions go up in flames, you know. It's... Yeah, there were some weird, just overall weird, uh, uh, or potentially like if you did fade the Steelers offense, for instance, then you, you were, you're pretty well off. I mean, Ben, Ben came through at the end with that touchdown to Bryant, as you said, and he was like a 15 or something, but, yeah. um, you know, if you faded Jeremy Hill on Thursday night, which it's it's just like it blows my mind that people actually like wouldn't play Jeremy Hill, and then it just sucks whenever they were right. Yeah, I, well, but they, but he was he fell victim to kind of a, a disastrous game flow nightmare. Oh, absolutely, and he and he fumbled the ball, and yeah. they just decided that that like that's an, so that was another performance. It was like this this whole entire week was this like cringeworthy performance after cringeworthy performance. You saw Andy Dalton on Thursday night, which was. Oh. Quite, quite literally, potentially like the most horrific quarterback performance I've ever witnessed in my life. Well, isn't di- didn't number fire numbers bear bear that out? Yeah. So I mean, I did a I, I looked I looked at it. It was close. I mean, in in modern history, it was definitely like top five worst performances we've ever seen. Um, there were some in like the '60s and '70s that were you know on par with it. But I looked I, I compared it most to Josh Freeman's performance last year against the Giants on Monday night in his first start with the Vikings, and it was actually worse than that. Mm. Which, I mean, God bless you, Andy Dalton. That sucks. Yeah. Very rough. Anyway, all right, well, let's get into uh, what we did last week. So, you had uh, four four defensive recommendations. You had the Cowboys, um, who ended up playing pretty well, correct? Yeah, uh, they, they finished uh, seventh uh, in points, yeah. Just living up to the play any defense against Jacksonville strategy. Um, yeah. You had Baltimore last week as well against Tennessee, and they ended up only giving up seven points. Yeah, uh, let's see. They finished at uh, the Ravens finished as uh, who? And remember, the Ravens were available on half of waiver wires. So that, right. that was surprising. More than half, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they finished with thirteen points. They finished as the sixth highest scoring uh, defense. That that just goes to show, like, last week was the last week that you should ever even think about using Justin Hunter in a tournament. Oh, my God. Just, in, like, uh, even in, even in a, like, a $1 cheapy tournament, that was the, the last week because the matchup was gold uh, against against corners that were picked up off the street, like, three days ago. I, I lost my uh, uh, redraft matchup to my immortal nemesis that my friend pat from all the way back from grade school because yeah. i played justin hunter i'd lost yeah. by two yeah it was i mean on paper like okay people listening to this are gonna be like oh you should never play justin hunter the week before the game before he had 10 targets and they're playing against a ravens defense that was that literally had no second corner um that he could have you know physically he's a freak he could have destroyed and unfortunately it just didn't even come close to, to going that way. Um. Anyway, the other two you had the Falcons uh, against the Bucks. Yeah. How did they How did they actually end up doing? Uh, they did have two picks, right? Yeah. Uh, the Falcons scored eleven points. Uh, they finished as a top ten defense. Very good. Uh, and then you mentioned the Cardinals as well, right? Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals were out there on. Uh, let's see. Before waivers process last week, it was like. They were out there in like a quarter of leagues. I was just making sure that if they were out there, that right. you, you'd pick them up. And they ended up, obviously, with that fourth quarter meltdown from um, the Rams. They uh, Cardinals ended up with 25 points. They finished only behind the Eagles for the week. Speaking of the Cardinals, we got to pour some out for our boy. Oh, man, we do have to pour one out. That was that was tough, man. I have, I have a lot of Carson. Luckily, quarterback is replaceable. Am I right? But I mean it, it. It's rough. I have I have so much Carson and MFL tens. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that that is just. Um, I mean that that to me that's like with the Pitta injury uh, or at least right. both of them. Um, and I I just on a side note, 
uh, I'm pretty much out on the Cardinals offense from here on out because I think schedule. they will. Yeah, the schedule's tough. Uh, I don't think that um, what's his face, the new Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton. I don't. I don't think that he he's even close to decent. Um, I mean, he's completing. He he's completed like fifty six percent of his passes this season. Yeah, you know what's interesting? His so we use a metric, a number fire called which is success rate, which is basically like what percentage of your throws or your rushes contribute positively towards your your net expected points total. And a, a good quarterback like Peyton will have like a fifty two percent success rate, right? And a I would say an average quarterback would have like a forty five or forty six percent success rate. Drew Stanton's is under 38% right now. Yeah, I mean, I think... Which is just awful. Yeah, I think he is a uh, disaster waiting to happen. And um, obviously, Michael Floyd was already on the edge of being unplayable. He's now droppable in almost every format. I would fade Fitzgerald as much as I could. People who think that John Brown is going to continue this amazing run, I, I just don't. I just don't understand how he could defy the statistical odds, especially with Palmer out. Ellington right. is going to be swarmed on every play. I, oh, it's going to be awful. I, I had him as my number one sell this week in fifteen transactions. Oh man, yeah, you just you. I mean, hopefully someone someone takes that. I, I have Ellington everywhere. Unfortunately, I'm in I'm in leagues with a bunch of degenerates who who know better. But um, yeah. but yeah, that that offense is going to be a, a fantasy nightmare. Yeah, it's a tough break. Really, really tough break. And there and again, their schedule is just brutal. Starting this week against Detroit, so. Um, so from a quarterback perspective, we did just mention Palmer if he was still out there, but he was owned in about 75%. So our number one streaming option last week was Mark Sanchez. Um, and he finished as the QB four in fantasy football week 10 standings. Mm -hmm. And he scored a little over 21 fantasy points. Uh, another guy we mentioned was Blake Bortles who finished as a QB 16 with, uh, almost 12 fantasy points. So, uh, not a great day for Bortles in a matchup that he should have been able to exploit a little bit better. Uh, and then the other guy that I mentioned was Josh McCown, who ended up finishing with close to 20 fantasy points, uh, and he was a QB5. I want to apologize officially and publicly for questioning your McCown call because <laughs> I, going into last week, I thought that that was, that was just, I mean, it made sense in the matchup a sense, but... I, I was not a fan of the McCown call, and man, he came through. That guy, I mean, he threw so many passes. Yeah, I know, and and the, I think the the thing, I mean, I didn't see it going as well as it did, obviously. I thought that he was more of a a, a deeper league play, um, and I didn't play him anywhere. I had Sanchez everywhere, but, um, you know, I think a key with him, and we can get into this in a second whenever I talk about streamers because he's on the list this week, a key with him is that they, they don't know how to run the football. No. Like, they, they can't, and I think that they're going to have to just naturally rely on his arm, and he he's going to have he's going to have, to have a little degaff to his play, um, and that's and that's fine. He threw two picks against Atlanta last week, and it's fine. I, I don't care. He has, he has great weapons, um, and, and I think, like, I don't think he's just, he's this plug-and-play guy, but he's certainly, you know, whenever a, a good matchup like Atlanta last week presents itself, I think we have to recognize that. Yeah, I mean, a good good call. I uh, when the question came up between Vic and McCown last week, it it everything in me wanted to say Vic, but uh, yeah, McCown was a great call. Yeah, um, and then tight end continues to be difficult um, as we move forward in the season, and this is just kind of the way it goes. Uh, as we mentioned last week, whenever whenever you do, you know, promote guys like Dwayne Allen and like Travis Kelsey, and they're they're kind of just on your team for the rest of the year. Um, you're not necessarily streaming. So the pool of tight ends gets much more difficult, whereas quarterback is a lot easier to just generally predict. So the pool doesn't really necessarily matter. Mm -hmm. um, plus, you know, a lot of leagues play play with flexes, so you can still flex a tight end, so you're going to roster more. Um, but we did have Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels was awful, and it really made me mad. Like, I felt really, really good about the Owen Daniels pick last yeah. week. Uh, but he only had two catches for 20 yards, and he was a, a low-end tight end, too. And then Heath Miller had three catches for 29 yards, and he was the tight end 17. Did we mention, any, did we mention Donald, or was he not? is he not a streamer? I don't think he's a streamer. Okay. Well, Donald sucked anyway, too. So I know. What the heck? Yeah, it was bad. 
All right. Well, before we get into our week 11 picks, do you want to talk about who our picks are sponsored by, Denny? I do. Our, our uh, week 11 picks, as usual, are sponsored by Sportable. You can find them at sportable.is and on Twitter at Sportable NFL. Uh, uh, Matt Riddle, one, one of their uh, uh, really good writers, had uh, a, a really interesting Sportable piece on Travis Kelsey's usage which I think could come in handy as a, as a little bit of a cheat sheet for anyone considering, you know, playing him in daily or, um, you know, if you have a, a tough call in one of your redraft leagues. Um, but yeah, check that Kelsey post out at uh, sportable.is. Yes. Very nice. All right, Denny, do you want to now talk about your defensive picks? Yeah. So the, um, uh, I, I want to mention that, my defensive streaming scores uh, can be found at thefakefootball.com. And uh, through 10 weeks, um, the top five streaming score defenses are averaging a, um, a, a, a top six um, a- average. Does that make sense? Like uh, yeah. a, a defense six uh, uh, average. So, uh, And that, that's with the last couple weeks, which have been really good. Uh, so, um, so there is, there is something, something to it. Uh, of course, you know, we have duds here and there, but, uh, the streaming scores seem to be getting better as we have more data with which to work. Um, the top streaming score of the week, actually there are two, uh, one, the Broncos, obviously. Um, and if they're available anywhere, and I think they're owned in 85% of leagues, if they're available in it, you need to get them immediately. Pause this podcast, go to your waiver wire and get them. Um, Because that'll be a massacre. And don't go to the bathroom whenever you pause it. No. Like, go straight to the waiver wire. No, no, just go in your pants, um, mm-hmm. and definitely uh, don't take any breaks. Um, right, pee yourself, it, bef- and then and and while you pee yourself, you're picking up the Broncos defense. I mean, I think that's what I how I usually work the waiver wire. Um, anyway, you, you pee yourself in there. <laughs> um, so when I go to the waiver wire, I piss myself. <laughs> um. So ahead, uh, sorry. to go along with uh, that Broncos play, uh, the uh, Washington's defense has the top streaming score along with Denver. Uh, they play a Bucks team that, um, you know, I know that last week uh, they they actually did look like a real offense. But despite putting up nice points and, and moving the ball consistently, con- consistently against Atlanta, like we just mentioned, Atlanta scored 11 points on defense. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that I think that that that's what the streaming score reflects there. Uh, Washington is at home. Uh, they, their pass rush is, is a real pass rush we saw that last or uh, two weeks ago against Dallas when, um, when, you know, Romo had no time to do anything. Uh, so Washington will be my, uh, my top true streamer, uh, option. Um, and then, uh, next, uh, the, the chargers, uh, at home against the Raiders, uh, pretty big favorites. Um, I know that the the Chargers defense uh, has recently looked uh, pretty god awful, including uh, being torched by Ryan Tannehill. But uh, this Raiders offense, I think, is uh, kind of underrated in its ineptitude. Um, so yeah. uh, you know that I don't see any reason why the Chargers can't get out to a nice lead um, at home. And uh, and then sort of feast on Derek Carr and company. I and, and listen, I remember. Okay, I, I I don't have a short memory here. I, I know that San Diego San Diego's right. defense was torched by the Raiders right. like three or four weeks ago. In Oakland, though, it, it was in Oakland, right? Uh, and uh, so, but I'm going back to the well on on this one. I yeah. I really like them. Uh, and then finally, I just want to talk about the Dolphins defense for a second because. Uh, when I tweeted tweeted out the link to the streaming scores this week, uh, I got a lot of um, a lot of uh, you know where where why are the bills so low? You know I, w- I want to play the bills. Give me a reason to play the bills. And I, I'm not saying that the bills are are a bad play, but if you're going to play someone uh, on Thursday night, uh, then I I would play Miami. Uh, they are 100%. available. Wow, yeah, no, Miami's available on 55 percent of waiver wires. You know that they're they're the top ranked number fire defense right now. Yeah, and and they were last week going into last week as well. Right, if I remember. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, the I'm I'm bullish on Miami's defense in this game because um, they have uh, they have one of the top uh, pass rushes in in the league. 
Uh, Buffalo's pass protection is sort of right in the middle there uh, as far as pro football focus ratings. And um, uh, so I think that Kyle Orton will have to throw quite a bit and won't have much time to sit in the pocket and pick apart, uh, you know, the uh, the Dolphins' defense because partly because the Dolphins' secondary is so is so strong. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw Brent Grimes go toe to toe with Calvin Johnson last week. I know that interception was absurd. Yeah, and and, and generally he just blanketed him. And and yeah. I, I think with with a with a mediocre cover guy on Calvin last week, Calvin would have gone for like two hundred and three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, two hundred and three touchdowns. That's what I meant. Yeah, just, yeah like two hundred and three yeah. of them. But you're just a homer though, right now. Oh no, no, don't do it. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. I didn't even think of it. What a homer pick! I know, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Davis will say the same thing. Uh, uh, no, yes, I was once a Dolphins fan. Hey, oh, but I might be a little. There might be a little homer homerism going on here because I heard the Dolphins are wearing their fantastic Aqua on Aqua jerseys. I did hear that as well. That that has to be a feeling of nostalgia for you. That's a throwback. That's a throwback to the glory days of AJ Feely. And yeah. Rondé Gadsden. Yeah. I mean, man, who is your who is your favorite Dolphin of all time? Yeah. Well, Marino, obviously, but nice, but, nice. But Pitt. Ricky Williams is real close. Really? Yeah. And and you got to remember, I didn't root for them back in like the glory days of the '80s. I rooted for them in the heartbreaking time of the '90s. Right when Feely was their quarterback and and Cleo Lemon and stuff. Oh well, that that what you're talking about the early 2000s when I that's true convinced yeah. myself that uh, uh, Jay Fiedler was the truth. Oh right, right Fiedler with his with his big ears and nose, <sighs> his big his big face. What could have been? Um, so anyway, yeah. So the Dolphins, uh, I I really like the Dolphins, but uh, my priority list for streamers uh, goes uh, Washington. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I would say Washington, Miami, and then San Diego. That, that's that's my those are my choices there. Right, and for all those people who now have wet pants, uh, congratulations <laughs> on getting the Broncos defense off the waiver wire. <laughs> it was worth it. Hey, look at you! Just you know, throw the pants in the in the washer and dryer, and you'll be you'll be okay. And you have a defense that could literally score a hundred points this week. Yeah, and oh, by the way, Denver's defense only three K on on DraftKings this week. I know. Yeah, definitely, definitely the top defense to play, uh, despite them being on the road, right? Yeah, they are on the road, and but with you know Sean Hill. Yeah, I know it doesn't matter. starting. I I and, and no and no Brian Quick. I mean, my God, they're gonna be it's gonna be a massacre. Yeah, they're ten point favorites with a fifty one point over under. Uh, it's gonna be bad. Wow. It's gonna be real bad. Um, all right, let's get into quarterbacks. Um, so it's, it's kind of a strange, we, we, we joked about this earlier in the season whenever he was playing really poorly. Um, but Robert Griffin, the third is kind of a streamer this week. He's like a, he's like a fringe streamer. And the reason I say that is because entering the week, he was about 30% owned and ESPN did update their, their ownage percentages, uh, as I mentioned last week. So that's not, that's not some fluky number. Um, so he was owned in about thirty percent of leagues. Now I think it's up to about forty percent, but it's still he's still out there in a lot of waiver wires. I'm playing him a lot this week because uh, I have Jay Cutler everywhere, and I'd rather just play RG three. Um, so I'll get into RG three. Mm. He, he's he's the first streamer we'll talk about. Um, so he, he'll face the worst secondary in the league in Tampa Bay. The, like Tampa Bay is like the worst secondary in the league according to any metric that you look at. Right. They're just they're absolutely horrendous. Um, he will be at home, which is always important. Uh, the only players that haven't posted 15 fantasy points against Tampa Bay this year were Austin Davis, who was playing in his first start, uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater, who is a rookie and hasn't been... It's not like Teddy Bridgewater has been a high-end quarterback play week in, week out. So they, they've literally stopped nobody. So I think uh, RG3 presents a really, really high floor mm-hmm. uh, with obvious uh, you know ceiling upside just because it's RG3 and we know what he can do. Does that make sense? Are you are you cool with that? I am totally in agreement. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's just the uh, injury factor. It makes me a little nervous about going all in on him, like in daily, say. Right. Um, right. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's numbers are not reflective of the way 
he could have and should have produced, if that makes any sense. I mean, Devin Hester drops that 28-yard touchdown um, last week against Tampa, uh, which uh, so basically R- Matt Ryan managed to do the impossible, which is to, to not post top 12 numbers against Tampa. I, I, I think that RG3 will continue, will we'll pick up where other quarterbacks have left off and, and really and go berserk there. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Tampa get destroyed. Just look at the Flacco game, and that's all you need to know about Tampa's secondary. I remember that. Yes, you do. I remember it, too, because he was our top streamer that week. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I recall gloating. <laughs> yeah, it was phenomenal. Uh, so the next guy who I think is more of a an actual streaming option, not that RG3 isn't. I think RG3 and even 12-team league, it, even even my a 14-team league that I'm in that has short benches, I got RG3. Um, so he's definitely going to be out there on, on the waiver wire this week. Uh, but another guy, if you're in a deeper league, uh, that I think is a good play is the same guy that I mentioned last week, and that's Josh McCown. Um, I, th- I think what's key with McCown and his matchup and the matchup against Washington is that you always want to find teams that can, that can stop the run but cannot stop the pass, which is what you see from the Jets, for instance. Um, and Washington actually ranks 10th against the run, according to number of fire metrics, but 28th against the pass. Um, so it's, a, it's an ideal matchup. I wish it was in Tampa Bay. I really, really wish it was in Tampa Bay because I think that there's, you know, you feel a little bit more comfortable when your quarterback uh, is at home. Uh, but again, the, the Buccaneers just can't run the football. They're going to be forced to throw the ball. And there's a pretty decent floor uh, against Washington as no uh, no quarterback has posted uh, fewer than 11 fantasy points against them all season long. And that quarterback was Chad Henney in week two. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, they obviously, you know, quarterbacks have thrown or have had high ceilings against Washington. Like we saw Eli in that Thursday night game. I'm sure you remember that one as well, Denny. Oh, I, I, I um, do. Uh, and then Russell Wilson and Nick Foles, all three of those guys had top three performances that week at quarterback with Eli and Russell Wilson being the top quarterback option. So, you know, I think that, that what I like about this matchup for McCown is that there is a floor. And what you're worried about McCown with McCown is that he doesn't have a floor. Uh, it's not fun to think about how, how south, how far south his game could go. Yeah. Um, but I think given this matchup, you have to feel at least a little bit confident that he's going to get that that you know, at least throw one touchdown pass. And then he also has the, the upside of, of running the football where uh, this year he has a game in his three starts. He's a game of 27 yards, 39 yards rushing. And then the other game he rushed for two rushing touchdowns. So I think there's, there's, uh, you know, I think just given the matchup, given the way the Buccaneers are constructed on offense, I like McCown's chances to, to hit that 15 point mark this week. Yeah. And, uh, I was also looking at, at some of the quarterback logs uh, that you know against Washington in, in this year, and uh, it struck me that uh, Russell Wilson didn't exactly light the world on fire uh, through the air against Washington, mm-hmm. but um, uh, produced a ton on the. It was a Monday night game. It, they he he ran for over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that was the Percy Harvin caught eighteen touchdowns oh. that got called back. Yeah, yeah wow. my my DFS bankroll remembers that. Yeah. Well, but. Um, uh, so, so perhaps it, it's a you know a sign that uh, Washington's defense struggles with a mobile quarterback, and and McCown is willing is more than is as willing as any quarterback to leave the pocket and just run. So if we could get a little Konami action going on, I mean that would be amazing for his value. I went on a John Halpin show, who uh, is is he works for for a Fox Sports affiliate here in Charlotte, and uh, he was saying that you know. So McCown played for the Panthers at one point, and he said that uh, that uh, guys, reporters here in in Charlotte, would say that McCown was the best basketball player on the Panthers. Wow! So he's 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 got the uh, athleticism narrative going for him. I mean, you know, he's like a like a like a sneaky, fast, ridiculously old, you know quarterback i i just <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted a different noun there other than quarterback. <laughs> yeah, i was i was looking for one and decided to just go with his position but uh i am I'm, I'm playing him in a couple leagues so i'm going i'm going down with this mccown ship if, if if it comes to that yeah what's amazing what, what's so great about fan, about quarterback streaming right now is that you're th- we're throwing names out there that, of these guys that are terrible mm. um but 
you feel more confident in them as the season goes on because you have more data on defenses. Whereas earlier in the season, when um, you know there there was a there was a larger pool of quarterbacks available, just in general, uh, you were able to pick better quarterbacks who might not have had as good of, of um, opponents or, or matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, so now now we're throwing guys like Josh McCown, and they're they're living the stream each week. Yes. Um, the third one I do want to mention is another guy that's, that's really not performed um, very well this season, uh, his first year in the NFL, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I am worried about his, his floor uh, because unlike McCown, Bridgewater really hasn't shown much outside of what he did with his legs when he scored that rushing touchdown against Atlanta earlier in the season uh, in his first career start. Uh, he, he hasn't thrown more than one touchdown in the game so far, and that's always a little bit worrisome. But he plays the dumpster fire that is the Chicago Bears defense, um, and that's always, that's always a good thing. They've been so bad the last three weeks, basically. In uh, two weeks especially, they've allowed 11 touchdown passes. I understand that's to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, but in, in two games, 11 touchdown passes, that's, that's brutal. Uh, and don't forget that Ryan Tannehill, the game before that, was a top four quarterback as well in fantasy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, while you know his weapons aren't great, hopefully Kyle Rudolph is back, and we'll talk about him in a second. Um, but with Bridgewater, his his floor is not. You know, I I do I, I as as we've talked about on this show so many times. Like I I I think looking for a floor is really important with these quarterbacks, and which is why typically guys that don't have that floor. Will be we'll, we'll talk about last, or there'll be more of a, a desperation stream, and I think that's how you have to look at Bridgewater this week. But given the way that Chicago's defense is played, I think it's very obvious that he has a decent ceiling. Yeah, I would I would say that uh, the total coverage breakdowns are probably more uh, explanatory of of how bad the Bears are playing, rather than you know they're being smoked by really good quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would like to see Bridgewater move a little bit more but right uh yeah no i i have him i have him listed as uh as as sort of my desperation streamer rather than a guy i really want to but if if mccown and and griffin are gone then i'm i'm fine with him yeah totally so those are the three that i'm going to mention this week oh mccown rg3 and teddy b do you want to give a tight end recommendation i do um so Kobe Fleener, uh, besides the dud that he delivered against the Steelers a couple weeks ago, uh, or was that a few weeks ago? Anyway, uh, besides that, he's actually posted pretty nice numbers lately. And um, over the past uh, over the past four weeks, he's seeing um, uh, six and a half targets per game, which is is not. I know I understand that's not tremendous, but. It was more than I thought he was getting. Is more opportunity than I thought he was getting. He's running a decent amount of, of pass routes, about about 25, 26 pass routes per game, which is what we look look for in, in streaming tight ends. And besides that dud that I that I mentioned against Pittsburgh, he scored uh, 8.1, 8.4, and 15.7 fantasy points since week seven um, in half PPR uh, league. So. Uh, you know he is um, he is part of the offense, whether Dwayne Allen owners like it or or, or not, uh, and um, and he's playing a, a New England defense that has allowed at least one touchdown to tight ends in four of their past six games, uh, and um, tight ends average five and a half receptions uh, per game against the New England defense. Uh, so be, you know beyond that, I think just put simply, uh, Fleener is in an offense that is going to participate in what Vegas deems as the highest scoring affair of the whole season. Right. Uh, so if you're, I think that if you're struggling, struggling at tight end this week and you're looking for kind of an investment in that, in that Colts Patriots game, which should be, I mean, I just don't understand. I don't, I don't see how it won't be high scoring. Um, mm-hmm. Then I think that you could do a whole lot worse than, than Fleener. Yeah. It's a good pick. I like it. Um, two guys that I'll just briefly mention before we get into the, the, uh, questions on the Twitter machine from the Twitter machine. Um, the first guy is Jared Cook. Um, the, as we mentioned earlier, the Broncos are playing the hapless Rams. 
and and Sean Hill. Um, but I think what's interesting with Cook, obviously he's a he's a boomer bust play. Uh, he did have that stretch where he had like 190 targets in three games uh, earlier this season, but. Uh, he, he's definitely a boomer bust play. I'm kind of mad that we didn't mention him last week, by the way. I know, I know. Be, because because it was it was that matchup that he always dominates against the Cardinals. But I, how do we not mention it? I don't know. It, it like made me mad that we didn't mention him last week. Uh, um, and I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I had him in my start sit. I, we just didn't talk about him. Um, but uh, a key element with the Rams is that uh, no team faces more passing plays in the league than Denver does, which makes sense, obviously, because teams are playing from behind often against them. Uh, Sean Hill has historically targeted his tight end on about 26.5% of his uh, of his attempts, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Denver's, Denver's defense isn't that great against the tight end position. Uh, it's a lot of touchdown in five games this year, and they've given up uh, six, nine, and seven receptions to tight ends over their last three games. Um, and I think that Cook could have some, some garbage time potential. Yeah. Uh, so I think you could do worse than Cook this week. Um, tight end again, it's, you know, we're at the point in the season where it's, it's more of a boomer bust thing than anything else. And I think that's why cook is a decent option. Um, and then another guy I do want to bring up because he's coming back and he, he was actually, you know, a a fringe tight end one, mostly actually he was, he was like a, a top eight or nine tight end coming into the season for many, uh, is Kyle Rudolph. He's still out there in 95% of leagues and he's coming back from his injury if he plays, he's going to be facing that same struggling Chicago defense that I that I mentioned earlier. They've allowed nine tight end touchdowns over their last five games, um, including one to Miami. I think it was Charles Clay, two to Green Bay last week, uh, and then two of them to Tim Wright, and then two to Gronk, and then two to Greg Olson. So, yeah, there's some good tight ends in there in, in Olson and Gronk, but at the same time, Charles Clay hasn't done much this year, and they allowed one to him. The Green Bay tight ends are nothing, and Tim Wright is is – my man, he's my boy, but he's he's not a consistent tight end in fantasy who scores a lot of touchdowns. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's some some upside there. Not only that, uh, but over the last two games, Chase Ford has gotten 13 targets from Teddy Bridgewater, and he's been the, the 10th and the 5th ranked tight end in that Minnesota offense. Right. Um, so I think that there's there's uh, really some intrigue if, if Rudolph does end up going. Um, I think that he would be, to me, if he does play, you just have to kind of assume that he's going to see regular snaps um, just because it's the tight end position and you need to take risks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he does end up playing, I think he presents a lot of upside. Um, I Just one note here. The uh, the autumn of our Travis Kelsey discontent has uh, left him on 37% of waiver wires at the moment. Wow, so nice. He has a, a really nice matchup against Seattle. But besides that... Uh, I don't see any other way that Kansas City can move the ball downfield this week except for Jamal Charles, of course, as as usual, and Travis Kelsey because right. what is Dwayne Bowe going to do anything against that that secondary? Can right. can you know Alex Smith push it downfield against that second that Seattle secondary? I I just I see Kelsey as like the only option. Like I think Andy Reid's hand is finally forced here. Right. And if, so for me, I mean if you can get Kelsey um, I would I would do that, and I would play him over any of the guys we just mentioned. Yeah, cool. All right, so to recap, uh, Kelsey, if he's out there, Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Kobe Fleener. Uh, quarterback, we have RG3, Josh McCown, and, and Teddy Bridgewater. And on defense this week, we have Denver. Uh, hopefully you have dry pants. <laughs> Washington Redskins, the San Diego Chargers, and the Miami Dolphins. Yep. All right, sounds good. Going to war with those guys, with that group. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions, Denny. Oh, we have mountains of it. Mountains of Twitter questions. Uh, this is from at Seth LV Golf. He says, who would you prefer as a flex play this week, Martavis Bryant or Ryan Matthews, assuming that Ryan Matthews plays? Oh, I, I actually might go Matthews there. I would go Matthews there. Um, yeah, I, I just... Yeah. Is that, uh, this is, is from Is that your is that like a reverse jinx or something? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. I mean the 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 Martavis Bryant regression is going to come eventually. Yeah. And I mean it basically was going to come last week before that 80-yard bomb. So 
They'll take some shots. I just think it's a Le'Veon game this week for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, this is from at Cremson six eight seven. He said, "Would you trade Brandon Marshall or trade for Brandon Marshall for the rest of the season?" I, I mean, it it really depends on what you have to give up for him. Yes, if if someone is panicking and selling, then yeah. Yeah, depends what you're. I mean. I think that if you're asking that question, it's probably because you can get him for cheap and you're worried that he's being sold for so cheap. So, yeah, go for it. Um, this is from at K of the World. He said, Was I crazy to trade Lynch for Alshon and Mike Evans? Standard 12-team league and needed wide receivers. He has Le'Veon, uh, Ryan Matthews, and Chris Ivory, and, and, and Fred Jackson. Um, I, I would say you're a little bit crazy just because I think you could have gotten more, but I do hate, like Marshawn has one of the, the worst running back schedules in the fantasy playoffs this year. And, and he's just not the same on the road as, he, as right. he is in Seattle. So he has that huge split. I, I think that, that that could work out. Uh, you know, it sounds like the, 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 the person is pretty solid at running back. So maybe that, maybe yeah. that can work. I, and I don't know if Evans yeah. is can continue as he has for the past two or three games, but I, I don't, I don't hate that trade. Right. The other thing to that trade too, is I actually am in love with Chris Ivory through the end of the season. He has a great schedule. Uh, so that I like that you have him. Um, this is from at Crimson six, eight, seven again, I think. Yeah. Again, he said, why do I play in a league where two teams have four quarterbacks each on their roster? Start one quarterback only. Uh, and only six quarterbacks are on the waiver wire. So to that point, like I understand that that happens in leagues, and I think that's when you know when we talk about this prior to the season starting a lot is you can't always rely on the waiver wire in these leagues. A lot of times it's more of a platoon approach where you're playing it by matchup. And the 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 late round quarterback strategy and whatnot is is most is, is completely based on value and equity during your draft, um, and you just have to know. If that's the way people play in your league, it's really important. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? No, no. I, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really get like the quarterback hogging uh, situation. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, if that if you you have to understand, you have to like make make adjustments and and adapt if that's the way it's going. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's the same idea as, as the people who are continuously throwing out these bad quarterbacks every week in their lineup based on who those guys are. And that's one thing that often gets overlooked when you do put zero investment in a position is that you're not afraid to just move on. And, you know, people are still starting these, like, like I don't know, Andy Dalton, I don't know, Ben Roethlisberger Matt, some weeks. Matt and, Ryan. And just, yeah, Matt Ryan. There's players like that where every week you're just plugging and playing them, just assuming that he's going to be – good at some point but like we're in week 11 guys like this is this is the way that players are um this is from at mike underscore bory he said start mccown or eli or should i trade for a qb romo stafford rg3 cutler are available how much should i give up no i guess available for trade yeah don't yeah no i I, i've gotten a lot of that like should i trade these guys for stafford or for no i no i don't think you should trade for a quarterback right now or anytime really. Um, uh, and, and, and to get back to the first question, I, I have um, that choice, Eli or McCown in one league. And I, I'm choosing McCown. Yeah. I think you have to. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, the next one's from at TT catfish. He said, Hunter and Michael Floyd want to eat Thanksgiving dinner with your family, but you only have one seat. Who do you let join? <laughs> Uh, who do you let join? Wait, what's wait? Who what's the option again? Justin Hunter or Michael Floyd? Who joins you in your Thanksgiving feast? Oh, Floyd for sure. Really, I'm gonna go with Justin Hunter. Oh wow! I feel like he. Uh, what's it? What are, who? What's his uh, wingspan? Whoever has the longer wingspan, I want him at my table so he can pass me. The oh, food. so this is actually like a strategy thing for you. I understand. Yeah, I thought it's you're real. sick. You're sick. <laughs> this is from our buddy Coach Esser at Coach Esser. He says, uh, "Here's one that someone sent to me, but I referred them to you. Spend more free agent auction budget on RG three to stream or go with Bridgewater." I, go ahead. I think you have to. I, I'm I'm doing what what I can to not play Bridgewater. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it too is that RG three has a really favorable schedule down the stretch. Yeah, and if, if he's healthy, he could be a, a legitimate not a legitimate but a low end QB one potentially. I mean, the Vikings are averaging this season like one point eight touchdowns per game, which is yeah, they're terrible, unbelievably low. Yeah. Uh, this is from our friend TJ Hernandez at TJ Hernandez over under on cigarettes smoked per halftime in Chicago locker room. Just thought that was pretty fun. I ran that through the algorithm. It's it's somewhere around three dozen. Yeah. Uh, this is from at Mike Borey again. Start Ruffle Wilson. He actually spelled out Ruffle. I didn't. I didn't have a stroke. <laughs> or or RG three this week. So. Mm. I mean, so Seattle has Kansas City, and it's at Kansas City. Um, yeah. It's not an easy matchup. Low over-under. Yeah. The over-under in the Tampa Bay-Washington game, I believe, is going up now. It should. Yeah. Hey, listen, that has a that, that has sneaky potential to be, like, one of the two or three highest-scoring games of the week. Yeah, that. so it's, that's at 45.5. The other one's at, like, 42.5. And, a half, and the, uh, the Chiefs are favored in that game against Seattle. Yeah. Um, I think I'd play RG3 over Russell Wilson this week. Yes, I would too. Um, this is from at Cremson687 again. He said, any any chance you guys will ever add kicker streaming to Living the Stream? If anybody can figure it out, it's you guys. You do a streaming kickers. I, I do a streaming kicker column uh, that, as I think I said three or four weeks ago, I can't understand why anyone's reading it anymore because <laughs> it's so bad. It's, oh. you know, I, I mean, I do a lot of work. To try to get, you know, uh, to, to to try to like, you know, sift sift through the noise and find what I think are solid kickers, and then it, and then I come up with you know the the the, the guy from uh, Arizona, Catanzaro, uh, yeah. uh, Catman as I like to call him, uh, and he he shanks a fifty-two yard <laughs> that could that could have made him like a top score. So anyway, yes, I write one. If you like to come torture yourself and read it and take its recommendations, please do. Yes. Uh, this is from at Black Bear Hockey Fan. He said, PPR, get Antonio Brown, Rashad Jennings, Chris Ivory. For- okay, so remember those three. Okay. Antonio Brown, Rashad Jennings, Chris Ivory, for Gio Bernard, Brandon Cooks, and Dwayne Allen. Huh? Y- yes. <laughs> what? All right, yes. Yes, ASAP. Do that ASAP. Gio Bernard's not even healthy. Um... Right, this is from uh, Ducalion. Douche, douche. Cam or Cutler this week? Oh, that's so ugly. <laughs> that's the ugliest question we've ever gotten on this show. Uh, Yikes! Who do you like, Cam or Cutler? Uh, you know what? Honestly, it's come down for me. It's come down to anyone not named Cam. Really? So Cutler. Cam's matchup is better. I know. I'm gonna. Oh my god, I'm not going to. I'm going to say Cutler. I'm going to say Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I just got to stick with Cutler. Um, this is from at Frivolously LTS. List top three quarterbacks to target for playoff run. Um, I have. I did an article on Number Fire about players to target for your playoff run, and three guys that popped out to me were Eli, RG3, and Matt Ryan. And this was before Matt Ryan's performance last week, but I still think Matt Ryan is their schedule is so good that I think that if someone is willing to get rid of him for like a bench spot or bench player, then I'm I'm fine with you doing that. Oh yeah, no, I he he has a a great schedule, and, and like I said, I mean, you know, he was one terrible drop away from being a top like six or seven quarterback last week. Yeah, didn't he overthrow Julio too? Oh, God, I think yes. I think that might have happened. Yes, that was kind of sickening actually. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I, I use the Rotoviz by low machine to look at uh, which quarterbacks have the best week thirteen to sixteen schedule. Isn't Romo up there too? Yeah. So the it, the the strength of schedule, um, the easiest strength of schedule goes uh, Dallas, Detroit, uh, the Saints, Giants, Washington, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, so Eli Eli's way up there. The, the rest are not streamers. Although I have seen. Romo being dropped here and there, so I actually in my in my big home league, the my fourteen teamer that only has four bench spots, he was out there, and I, I he was out. I think a lot of it has to do with he, they have a bye this week, 
So if he if he is out there for whatever reason, I, I picked him up because Cutler's my quarterback. So it's I'm I'm in pretty good shape now. Good. Awesome. Fantasy fantasy douche. I'm talking I'm talking like a fantasy douche. Oh yes, you are. Uh this is from at Dunate Freeze My K. Go ahead, we can chuckle at that again. I always do every week. I traded for Shady, Macklin, and Rivers from frustrated owner for Denard Gordon and Sanchez. How did I do? I think I think you did well. I think that if you can cash in on Josh Gordon's twenty thirteen right now, then I th- right. then I think you should. And listen, I'm a, I'm a Josh Gordon truther. I'm an apologist. I will go to the mat for Josh Gordon. But you know the Browns are running an offense from nineteen thirty nine. So right, yeah. That that's kind of the way that I feel, the way that I feel. I think that there you know there has been this attitude among some. I think a lot of people realize what Josh Gordon's probably going to bring in that Browns offense. And obviously he has upside. Oh, no, uh, no. But but I think that there's just this like this feeling that he's autom- – number one, he wasn't even an automatic like wide receiver two each week last year. Like he had one or two or three down weeks. So there's, there's still a – that potential to happen. You know, he's not going to be this like stud every single week that you throw him out there. Um, and the other thing too, is that they're they They went from the pass heaviest team in the league to the least pass heavy mm-hmm. or to one of the least. Um, so I think that's really important as well. They ran it 52 times against Cincinnati last week. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> this is from at yes, more Macy J. He said, y'all have any amount of faith in any Vikings receivers against the bears quote unquote secondary. Bunny ears secondary. <laughs> um, I wrote about Patterson a little bit. As a, uh, you're the worst. I know. I you know I had to will myself. I had to slap myself in the face to be able to write it. But in daily uh, on on DraftKings, he's almost at the minimum. Right. And and he's seeing six point seven targets per game since Bridgewater came in. So you know I I don't know. He catches a, a deep ball. Maybe the sun doesn't get in the in his eyes this time. Yeah, that was so ridiculous. Or, or or he stops trying, or or Bridgewater can actually you know throw it within fifteen yards of him on a deep right. So yes, I think that Patterson is always boom bust, but especially so this week. Yeah, this is from at K Robinson four seven eight one. He said, "Has Michael Rivera graduated from a streamer to a plug and play? He leads tight ends and targets over the last three weeks." Yeah, that's a, I that, saw so that's that's a really good point there. Yeah. Go ahead. I, Do you have any thoughts on Rivera? Uh, I mean, with that kind of target volume, yes. The answer, the short answer is yes. Yeah, I, I just so I looked at um his his numbers. Number one, I think that their rest of season schedule is pretty unfavorable for tight ends. Uh, number two, I think regression's coming naturally because of how well he's played, but because his 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 net expected points numbers just aren't nearly as good as what you would think from a guy who's doing what he's doing right now. Um, he, he's he's basically the best tight end option over the last few weeks outside of Gronk and Graham. Uh, but, you know, I'm fine with, with, like, the way I see it is he's one of those guys where, like, he's getting the volume, so you kind of have to add him. Uh, but I'm not I'm not really convinced yet that he's a plug-and-play. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, in 12-team leagues, I think if I, – I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind someone just – um, going with him over over kind of waiver wire hail marys. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, this is from at Dunate Freeze my K. Been offered Donald and Julio for my Jimmy and J Matt. Which lineup is better, Jimmy and Alshon or Donald and Julio? It's got to be Jimmy and Alshon. Yeah. Um, this is from at Ryan Ferretti. He said before last week I picked up the Bears defense for their games against Minnesota and Tampa Bay. How big of a lunatic am I? <laughs> what, what maybe, like, I haven't heard anyone use the word lunatic in so long. That's an underused word, I think. Um, it is. Uh, yes, you are a lunatic, but you are a, uh, a shifty, uh, very uh, smart one. Yes, I, I, it, was a, it was a good thought, Ryan. Good thought. Uh, this is from at MikeyMo79. Matthews uh, against Oakland, Ryan Matthews. Edelman against Indianapolis. Or uh, Beckham against San Francisco at in a PPR flex this week. Mm. Uh, Beckham. 
You like Beckham there? I, I like I like Beckham. I, he I am I am converted. I am I have been beaten down. I am I I like Beckham. Think he's matchup proof? You know. I mean, to to an extent. To, yeah. As I yeah, actually, you know what? Uh, I I think I wrote that in my Monday review thing. Uh, you know, for for someone not named Calvin uh, or or Julio or Dez. Yes, I think that he is as close as matchup proof as as you can get. Yeah, I I'm not against using him there either. I think that he has probably the highest floor of those guys. Um, I think I don't. Uh, yeah, I'll say the same in that case. Um, this is from at Black Bear Hockey Fan. He says Wilson or Romo for the playoffs. Romo. Romo. Uh, this is from at James underscore Gordy. Pick two for this week in PPR: Alshon, Keenan Allen, Martavis, Kelsey, Devonte Adams. I'm gonna only leave that up to you. Okay, um, I'd probably go with, ugh, probably go with Alshon and Keenan Allen. Uh, this is from again from oh no, this is this is from at Donate Freeze My K telling telling Niles Paul in an actual uh, actually tagging him on Twitter saying that Niles Paul needs to come on living the stream. Which I'm not against. I would love for Niles Ball to come on the show. I would pretty much love for any player to come on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Oh, <laughs> what, what, what's what's the most obscure player we have pumped up on the show ever, and and they delivered? Man, I don't know. Uh, no. oh, we got to think I, back. I mean, I think that my one of my best calls on the show was last year before Jordan Reed was a thing, mm. like. Like way before Jordan Reed was a thing, and he scored a touchdown that week, and that's kind of what started everything. But he's not obscure anymore. Yeah, I know. We, we yeah, we need someone who would return our calls. Is what I'm saying. Right, right. We need like, I mean, like, I don't know. I'd have to look back or think back. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a tough question. I know that I've probably pimped Scott Chandler a couple times, but he's a starter. You can't get a starter. Oh. You need a guy like Niles Paul. Never know. Um, this is from at Cole Kev underscore FF, Kevin Cole. Uh, he said, who would you not drop Michael Floyd for? Jordan Matthews, Jarvis Landry, James Jones, Devontae Adams. I wouldn't drop him for James Jones, I don't think. Yeah. Other guys I'm cool with. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is from at Bells underscore three. He said, Dwayne Allen or Travis Kelsey, assuming Fasano is out. Ooh, Kelsey. Ugh. I'm gonna go with Allen. Oh, I I just the the over under in that matchup is just too too fun. Yeah, I know. Uh this is from at Chief underscore Arrowhead. As tight end stream options start to dry up, should we start to look to trade for a better option or keep living the stream? I I'm fine with trading. I'm fine with trading. Yeah. The whole entire one. I can't stress this enough. One of the biggest things about drafting tight ends and quarterbacks late is not just to stream. It is to get value during draft time trading after the draft is absolutely fine right even even trading for gronk and graham is absolutely fine yes because it, as we remind everyone that every week we don't hate gronk and graham we like right their- we know their value we know how important they are to fantasy football we understand it it has everything to do with that day that draft equity and 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 because a, a lot of teams that end up overpaying for certain positions end up having gaping holes at running back and wide receiver, which is where you're really strong at, and those are the positions that are in highest demand. Therefore, they are the most valuable. Boom. That was that was that was the late round quarterback in the the entire ebook in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that you just gave away the secret sauce in the book. Yeah. This is from at Madsen or sorry, not underscore. There's no underscore in his in his handle. Hmm. Madsen Tim. He said Eli or RG three rest of season thanks. Uh, Eli, if, if I have to choose one, yeah, I'll go Eli because there's a little bit more security there. Um, this is from at Beaver BKR. He said, "Joyke or Fred the Ageless Wonder Jackson this week." Uh, I I was burned by Fred Jackson last week because I didn't know that he would just be kind of a part time type player, and so if he has that same role, then I would say go the other way, no matter who it is. Yeah, I I would still go with Fred, just because Arizona's defense is pretty strong against the run, and and the dude the the Lions' rushing offense has been awful. It has, but 
I, th- I think that the Lions will run it a lot in this game uh, because they will likely have a, a nice lead against the disaster that is the Cardinals. We're going to fight. That will be the Cardinals, I should say. We'll, we'll fight after the podcast. All right, fine. Someone said, uh, at CA underscore fanatic said, is Gruden bad for Jordan Reed or do you prefer, and do you prefer Reed or Rudolph rest of season? Uh, well, I, I, I'll say that the, I did a preview of, of the new Washington offense and I, and I talked with a guy named Joe Goodberry on, on Twitter, who is a, uh, a Bengals, uh, yeah, great guy. you know, Bengals writer and tracks the team. And so he was very familiar with how Gruden uses every position and, um, you know, he had a lot of red flags for for Reed's usage because, you know, he he referenced back to how Gresham has been used, which is not at all. And I know that Gresham and Reed are not the same player. I know Gresham is horrendous on every level, but uh, yes, uh, the short answer is yes. Gruden is bad for Jordan Reed's value. Are you so? My question is: Are you saying that mostly in comparison to what Jordan Reed's value could be? Oh yes. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, like, the the problem with Jordan Reed, from what I've seen at least, is that they use him pretty close to the line of scrimmage a lot. Um, like, I, I the best example is that game against Dallas yeah. when Colt McCoy was playing, and they just kept running those outs with, with Jordan Reed from, he was only going, like, three yards. and Like, he's a much better PPR player than he is in, in a standard league. Um, but I, I think he has a good floor week in, week out in that offense, which is why I would probably prefer him over Rudolph rest of season. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, me too. Um, this is from at Tweetin underscore TG. He said, Mike Evans or Golden Tate this week? That's really tough. I'd go Golden Tate because I'm a whore for floors. I want, I know, I want Evans. Yeah, that's just that is that is us in a <laughs> yeah, nutshell. That's much. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, all right, last one. This is from at Better Angels. Now he said, "What quarterbacks would you stash for the playoffs?" All right, so we already we already yeah. talked about that. So there's RG three, Eli, Matt Ryan, Tony Romo, those kind of guys. Not and I say you know, it's not necessarily stash, but it's it's trading for them as well. Right. And, and a lot of those guys you can get for for bench scrubs. Just because a lot of those guys aren't starting quarterbacks on fantasy teams. Right. All right, Denny. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, uh, they can find me on Twitter at cdcarter13. You can find the defensive streaming cor- uh, scores at thefakefootball.com. Um, and I also have a, a quarterback streaming column on on 444.com um, if you'd like to check that out. Cool. I'm JJ Zacharies, and you can find my work over at numberfire.com. Lots of content there. We're doing hockey now, which is sweet. It's awesome. Penguins are number one in our power rankings. I don't know what that. What, I don't know what, what that means. <laughs> what, what are penguins? What What is penguin? Yeah. Uh, so check out numberfire.com. And Denny, before we go, I hear that you have something that you found on the internet. I have been secretly sent a a recording of the latest "Killing the Stream." Uh, by our good friend and listener uh, uh, Kenny Darter, uh, and this time he has a guest. Someone actually called into his show. So good, good for you, Kenny. Let's uh, let's let's fire that up, JJ. All right, I'll fire it up. Uh, you guys can listen to that, and we'll catch you in week twelve. And welcome back to another episode of Killing the Stream. I want to start out with a moment of humility here and apologize for. My recommendation of Rob Gronkowski, once again. I saw that he scored zero points this week. I don't know what, what that's about. I don't I don't know. I checked I checked the box score. That's what they tell me to do. I didn't see anything. So he's a he's a flame out. He's a flame out. We're back to Jimmy Graham. Speaking of Jimmy Graham, the conspiracies abound, I must say. I haven't slept for over twenty four hours here. That touchdown was ridiculous. The called back touchdown at the end of the Niners game, ridiculous. There was no push off. He scored. It was a touchdown. You tell your commissioner to change that score immediately. And if they don't listen, then you're out. You're out of the league. You quit. But first, punch him in the neck. And let's go to the phones. Caller, what's your name and from where are you calling? Hello, Mr. Dada. My name is Frida. 
calling from New Jersey, long-time streaming hater, first-time caller. I love you so much. I love anyone who's never wrong. Well, then I'm your dreamboat. Uh, yeah. Go ahead with your question there. Does it ever get boring being right all the time? I mean, you're the one who called Gronk in week nine. Who ever heard of Gronkowski at that point? Who even used a tight end not named Jimmy? Am I right? Look, months of research went into that call, that Gronkowski call, I have to say. And by months of research, I mean I heard someone say that Gronkowski had some sort of historic season one time. So I thought he might not be a bad fill-in for Jimmy Graham on his bye week. And like you always say, Kenny, stats only tell one-third of the story. Your TV tells a third and your gut tells a third or something like that. Is that right? Uh, no, that's actually correct. It's uh, You split into thirds. It's a scientific equation that is proven infallible. Uh, you can look it up on the Internet. Uh, look, as anyone who gets the best firebombs, the rest. Okay, one last question, though, Kenny, before I hang up here. Will the pay-in-hating media ever acknowledge that he's the number one fantasy quarterback? I see two or three quarterbacks listed ahead of him in total points, but that's obviously propaganda. You know, it's like, you know, the, 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 the political people on, you know, on, on the MSNBC. Please tell me yes. Yes, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, caller. Look. We live in a world of, of injustice, and and that goes double for Peyton Manning. Uh, look, of course he's, he's fantasy's number one quarterback. Anyone who says Andrew Luck has more than 20 points more than Peyton Manning is simply and plainly a traitor. A traitor streamer piece of garbage. Oh, hell yes. Preach. Preach, Kenny Donna. But we will persist, caller. We will persist. We will literally take our opponents to the local train tracks, tie them to those tracks, strap dynamite to their chests to watch them explode as the train breaks them into a million pieces. That's my dream, Mr. Donna. That is my dream. Uh, I know it is. It's it's the dream of anyone who wants to dominate the competition by simply getting Peyton and simply getting Jimmy Graham. We'll be back with more Killing the Stream. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Lake Brown Cube.